Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. What's going on, Patriots fans? Welcome back to another edition of Patriots Daily with Kyrie Thompson, that's me, and Taylor Kyles, that's him. I'm over here trying to figure out the point thing. There we go. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. We'll, we'll get so it I'm trying, trying to I'm trying to make sure it's not inverted controls. It's not, though. It's all good. I'm on the left. It's perfect. And we are back now that the Patriots have finally put the shoulder pads on. Let's Go now for one glorious on. day, one, gl- one glorious day, day of pads, and then we're back in shells. But I think yeah. they're gonna be back in pads tomorrow, so yeah. Well, I think that's the interesting thing about it. Like, how do you go about deciding the the order of days in, in which you're able to go ahead and put on pads and do because there's the thing you can only do three padded days in a row. Yeah. So, what, what it seems like is that they want to go ahead and do pads, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then maybe take it a little bit easier on the weekend. Well, I mean. I don't know that they'll be doing pads on Friday because that's the in-stadium mm-hmm. practice. Right. And that's usually more chill, right? It's, it's for the fans to kind of be able to get in and get a little look at the team and, you know, eh, but it's not really that competitive at all. Right. Uh, so just prepare, prepare yourself for that, Mr. Kyles. It's going to be pretty boring out there. But, you know, this is the part where things start getting ramped up. And yesterday sounds like it was pretty spirited and they kind of, I don't know if I want to say dialed it back today, but they they switched it up in terms of, you know, extending out from the end zone a little bit, airing it out a little bit. And from everything that I could hear, one Mac Jones had himself a pretty nice day throwing the football. What was it like from your vantage point? Yeah, I thought it looked really smooth. Uh, Obviously, it was the first day in pads, so you never really know what to expect. Thought it was a smooth operation. Uh, there were a lot of guys. I thought Demario Douglas today, he was a little more quiet, but again, it was a walk back day. So today was a weird day. If you listen to anybody today was kind of weird. So I'm more focused on yesterday. Right. I thought Demario Douglas was stacking together good days. He's been a presence underneath. Uh, I feel like he gets one downfield opportunity in a lot of these practices and usually looks pretty good. He's the guy I'm really excited about on this offense. I, I think, um, and, and that's the thing that we got to see. Like we talked about it on the podcast. These little guys that, you know, the little lightning bugs, they are great when you can't touch them and you, and you can't really put your hands on them with the full pads and sometimes it weighs guys down. But it certainly sounds like one DeMario Doug, like th- this could be a real thing. You know what yeah, I mean? There was one play in particular, it was really impressive, where small slot receiver, you usually don't think of those guys as being great blockers necessarily. Uh, but he had a really impressive rep when they were going through screen drills where Uh-oh. it looked like he initially was losing the block. I, I, I believe I saw him initially lose position, but he kept fighting and made a really, really good finish. And they actually asked Bro Peppers about it after practice. And he was saying, that, like, yeah, Pep, uh, Mario Douglas, like, he may be a smaller guy, but he's tough as nails. And they're starting to notice him as well. When their veteran defensive players are noticing a sixth-round rookie receiver who's also getting a lot of run – with Mac Jones and company, that says a lot about him. And I, if you've been reading my stuff on CLNS Media, you know I wrote yeah. about Pop. Because mm-hmm. I was saying, like, he just fits well, even more than more so than Booty. I didn't even write a whole thing about Booty, but I was saying, Pop, he's got a lot of things they like, and he's got the speed element, which they don't typically have from that slot role. So not only is he, you know, athletic and he's fast and great stop start, but he's also very tough, which is going to be great for him getting a role on this offense. Yes, and, and the thing, too, is that, Pop is he's close to 200 pounds. He's like in the 190s. So yeah. he, the other thing we call like he's a little guy. He's short, 
Not yeah, exactly. Little. Yep. You know, he's he's got he's got some beef on him. And so that, that's, quote. <laughs> yeah. And, and and so when you see that guy out there out there fighting and really using that strength, I mean, look, you when you you brought up blocking, that just immediately to me, it's like, oh, if he's healthy, he's making the roster. Because yeah. come on, man. You got you gotta think that Bill Belichick, look, we get enamored with the size, speed guys, and the otherworldly looking talents, et cetera, et cetera. But you want to know what Bill Belichick and this coaching staff are gonna value the little things blocking special teams being where you're supposed to be just just generally doing your job and competing on every single snap even if it got nothing to do with you being the superstar of the snap getting the ball throwing the ball etc etc that right there tells me that demario douglas is is really starting to put himself in the catbird seat to make this team like i've been i've been getting this feeling right as you've been talking about it and talking about it but when you're doing when he's doing that in pads and, he, and he's doing that kind of thing. That is putting him in good stead. We got to see it in, in you know, productive situations where it's joint practices or you know, in preseason games. It's going to be important to see that in action. But right now, it's hard not to feel good about what he's doing. I also got one question for you in regards to the other sixth-round wide receiver, mm-hmm. Kayshawn Booty. Was Booty at practice today? He was at practice today, so he missed the other day of practice. Not yesterday, but the day before that. We didn't see him. Not sure why still, but he came back yesterday. And one thing that was of note, now take this with a grain of salt, because we've been mentioning how, you know, Pop is with the starters a lot. He's been pretty consistently with the starters. They have this period where if their special teams drills, the offense will go off on another field. They'll go in the red area, and it seems like they're installing a lot of their plays. Demario Douglas was the only rookie that was in the group with Mac Jones and the guys that you're projecting to have a big role right. in the offense. Now, the past couple of days that we've been seeing is Demario Douglas, you mentioned, he's someone who's been used in a lot of different ways. That's how you make the roster. He's right in that returner battle with Marcus Jones, who obviously he said before uh, the process he modeled his game after in a lot of ways. It's been him, it's been Demario, and it's been Marcus Jones. But while Marcus Jones is in those special teams periods, we saw Kayshawn Booty getting run with some of the guys, again, who are going to be the projected starters and with Mac Jones in those installs. So it is notable that you're not seeing booty with Mac Jones in live drills. Like when they're going through seven on sevens, 11 on 11s, there's no sign of booty. He's usually with the guys who are going to, you know, be more fringe on the roster. So in my mind, it's more, this is going to be a practice squad guy, but I do still think it's notable that he's at least getting the opportunities to work with some of those guys. So I don't want to ring the Kayshawn booty alarm necessarily, especially because in team drills, you see the athleticism, like there are times where they throw up the ball and he's making great adjustments, but he's not catching the football. So I want to see more finishes. Yeah. I want to see more impact plays from him. Like we've seen from Demario Douglas, where yeah, he only has a couple of downfield receptions, but he's finishing. He looks good. And when he's underneath, you're seeing that explosiveness and you're seeing he gets to 100 really quickly and can take the ball and make some big plays if you get him on like those mesh concepts and stuff yeah. where mm-hmm. you're getting him free underneath. So yeah, don't want to get too excited about Booty, but I did think it was notable that for the first time that I've seen, he was getting some work with Mac Jones and company. It is intriguing. And Vote Simba asked in the chat, would Booty get claimed off the practice squad though? Projected Not. second rounder. Not right now. <laughs> the, the, the thing that that's interesting is we, you always worry when a guy when you put a guy on waivers, mm-hmm. you 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 wonder if oh, like oh man this guy's gonna get snatched off the practice squad and more often than not it doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean if if a, if a guy hits waivers more often than not he's gonna he's gonna clear them and get to your practice squad. On occasion yeah. 
guys will get snapped up. But I think with Kayshawn Booty, I mean, think about it, right? He was a projected second round pick and teams allowed him to fall all the way to the sixth round. So tells you what people, they think about him. People passed on him all over the place. And if he doesn't make the roster in New England, I don't know that anybody is, is going to want to touch him. The reason I asked if he was there is because the fact that he wasn't there gave me the idea that, hmm, wonder if he's going to come down with some Foxborough flu. And it's like, oh, he'll, he'll disappear for a couple of days and he's going to prop up with a mysterious injury that, mm-hmm. that is going to put him on, on NFI or it's, it's going to put him on, on the pup list or you know, he'll, he'll land on IR for the rest of the year. And, oh, then you're just going to stash him and he's going to be at the facility and learning, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to keep an eye on that because I don't – I would guess that if he's healthy and he doesn't make the roster, he'll probably end up on the practice squad most likely. And and if he doesn't, whatever. I mean, at, yeah, at that point, honestly. okay, good, good for you. Sorry for you or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if there's an opportunity like they did with like Jason Hines and Andrew Stuber and such like that to just red shirt him a little bit and just, just stash him over there and pretend like, you know, like he doesn't exist for a little while. And then you get to bring him back in year two, which is something that Bill Belichick mentioned about Andrew Stuber, which is a, a, another point that I want to segue into here mm-hmm. is that Bill Belichick brought up that Andrew Stuber is like 50 times further along than he was last year. And that, you know, it's like having another draft pick. And again, this is a guy who was, I think he was a seventh round pick last year. Um, he was he was injured. He would have gone higher, you know, if if he hadn't had injury issues. And so he comes in, and you know he's he's kind of competing in the background for some snaps at tackle. And then we hear today that City So is mm-hmm. now an offensive tackle, where we had kind it's of true. thought of him as he, he was he projected to be a guard at the next level. Now they've got him at tackle, which is something that we. We figured could happen given his measurable. He's got very long arms. He's got good feet and, and, and moves well for being the size that he's at. And when I heard that, it immediately made me think, you know what? This makes the plan. I mean, it's still still not necessarily ironclad, but it's still it makes it a bit more understandable. You wanted to go ahead and have your veterans fight it out like Riley Reef and Calvin Anderson or, you know, what have you, Connor McDermott, battle it out to get you know, a veteran presence to start at right tackle while bringing along the kids behind them. And then if somebody gets hurt down the road and they think one of those kids is ready to go, then maybe you've got a a very, very nice affordable option in there at right tackle that you don't mind letting learn on the job a little bit. I I mean, I I would not at all expect anything with, with so starting or, or uh, Stuber getting a chance to start. I don't think that's going to happen at all. And again, maybe, who, who knows if Stuber is even going to make the roster, right? Like these are mm. these are questions that you don't know the answer to yet. But it, it kind of brings that piece of the plan a little bit more into focus for me. What, what are you thinking in that regard? So Stuber is interesting because I know I was reading reports, like scouting reports for him, and he was projected to be an interior offensive lineman. And the Patriots, as they've shown, like City So, was also projected to be an interior offensive lineman. They're willing to have some flexibility because tackles mm-hmm. are so rare. Sometimes you can't have the ideal body type or athleticism and tackle. Sometimes you just got to make do. Now, Stuber, while Belichick did say he was further along, 
he's really been working with Trace McSorley. So I don't really know how much you can really expect from him necessarily. I also see he seems like someone who they really see as a left tackle purely. The right tackle spot is interesting. I'm starting to think that they may, depending on how much I trust Connor McDermott, I may have to go back and watch his tape just to be positive. And again, working with Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, probably not going to get the best out of the prospects you have. Um, he had a solid end of the season, but at the same time when he was playing like better competition, there was a very, very clear divide. So I'm still kind of worried. I saw that Jonah Williams is playing with the twos in Cincinnati. He's someone uh, that I would keep a very close eye on. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I don't think the Patriots are a team that would really go into the season with clear holes on the offensive line if they could do anything about it. I know you could say, oh, they could have drafted Skaronsky or they could have paid Orlando Brown. I think that, one, in the draft, I don't think there was any tackle they could have taken who was better than the guys they got. And Orlando Brown, I think, is the only tackle they could have gotten in free agency who really even moves the needle, and clearly they didn't have a lot of interest there. I think if they thought it was a big enough need and that he was going to solve it, they would have gone after him. Plus, I think he wanted left tackle money anyway. Oh, yeah, so of course. Yeah, so I don't even think he was an option. But – uh, I, the right tackle spot is funky. We'll know more when the pads come on, but it, it's just a big question mark right now. It seems honestly like it's Connor McDermott's job to lose, even though Riley Reeves is getting paid like the starter. We'll see how much of that is just helping the veteran kind of maybe not get too many reps when they don't matter as much. And, you know, right. once the pads come on, we see more. But it's it's an interesting position where I would like – to see maybe a youth movement and you see somebody take over who's more physically capable. But right now it's, you can hear in my response. Like it's, it's, it's definitely a spot that you want to keep a close eye on because it's, it's far from set in stone right now. Yes. And it, in the end is going to, it, it it's, it's going to potentially put some, some doubt, a damper on how we feel about the offense. If the offensive line, particularly on the right side, because look, I, I went ahead and I tabulated this out a bit last year. I mean, left tackle was a little bit below average, but not considerably. It was relatively within, you know, league average kinds of standard deviations in terms of pro football focus grades. And I tend to, re I, I tend to, like pro football focus grades a bit more for offensive line than I do for most other things. And so I was like, okay, I think that was a solid representation of what Trent Brown was over on the left side. He was okay. He was fine. Mm -hmm. He had some bad, bad games, but he also had a bunch of games where he was solid. And then every other position on the offensive line was average to slightly above average, except for right tackle. Right tackle was bad. And I mean, you don't need me to tell you that because you saw that it was bad. And I don't know that they did a whole lot to actively improve the position. They are, I mean, I, I think they're, they're going to be relying a lot on, on veteran presence here, just like knowing what you're supposed to be doing. I, I think Connor McDermott did okay towards the end of last year. It wasn't necessarily great, but it wasn't like Isaiah Wynn at his worst bad, mm -hmm. right? Or, or it wasn't like Yadni could just bad. I mean, there was a lot of really bad stuff going on over there. But again, I feel like this along with the wide receiver position, whom I don't know if you you saw Mike Giardi, who is now with Boston uh, you know, Sports Journal over there. Uh, I don't know if you saw him talking about the wide receivers on, uh, on NBC Sports Boston, but he said, they're like, what do you think of the wide receivers? Stink, stank, and stunk. And it's like, ugh. So look, I saw the eye roll. We're gonna we're gonna get to that later, but mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. putting a lot, I think, on Bill O'Brien and his scheme to really make things better for Mac Jones. And by the way, I, I want to 
get to that a little bit. Football season's about to kick off, and FanDuel's giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can choose your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com Boston. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblingHelpMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. But we have a piece of sound from Adrian Phillips talking about Bill O'Brien and kind of hinting a little bit at the differences between what happened last year and what's happening this year in terms of the offensive scheme and just how much the Patriots defense has to prepare for. Hit it, Amit. Let's get it. Things do you see and have you seen from Bill Leo in the offense so far? Variety. You know, um, we never see the same thing twice. Like, it's just a lot of variety. And he has a lot of different different guys in different spots. And uh, he uses them to the best of their abilities. And he just dials it up. So, and you can also tell that, like, obviously he's watching film on the defense, too. Like, when he... When he sees us make a check on defense, okay, the next day it might come out and he might throw a little wrinkle in there. It's just a lot of variety in there. Did you see the effect that it's had on Mac? Yeah, definitely. In what ways? Uh, just just a lot of confidence. I mean, Mac is Mac just out here balling, doing his thing, and basically with all the quarterbacks. But uh, when you see it out there, you see the QBs kind of talking a little bit. You know, you can feel them kind of getting their confidence back, and you love to see that. Okay, look. When you're over here talking about getting confidence back, look, I, I think I feel like a lot of players are trying not to say it directly. Okay. And I know I know we got into a little bit of trouble last time we were on here for suggesting or daring to suggest that uh, you know, somebody might have been saying a little bit of something about Matt Patricia, though. Hey, I, I'm just saying I've been asking a couple of people around the way, and they kind of confirmed what we were talking about that people are trying to delicately tiptoe around what happened last year and not openly flame the brother. But <laughs> I mean, look, Bill O'Brien, I think has been a breath of fresh air and it, it certainly seems like Mac Jones is more comfortable. I'm hearing good things about his pocket movement, which again, it was so un Mac Jones, like watching him try to climb the pocket last year. Honestly, it was, it was unnerving. He just looked like he had forgotten how to play. And I think it was directly, related to what was going on around him and the chaos that was happening. And then you got Bill O'Brien, again, adjusting all the time, which when you talk about variety, it didn't feel like we had a lot of variety last year. felt like a lot of the same concepts over and over and over again. And the worst part is that <laughs> even though they repped them over and over again, they didn't execute them very well. So when, when you're looking at the right tackle spot and some of the question marks they have on this team, how confident are you based on what you've seen that Bill O'Brien can still make this a 
you know, a, a profitable operation. So I think the biggest thing that Bill O'Brien gives you is the discipline and the structure. I've said this a million times, but I think what really killed the offense last year, and this is no secret, were the self-inflicted mistakes. The things that put them in first and 15, second and long, you know, third and long, these situations where they weren't equipped to be the kind of team that could throw downfield when teams knew they had to throw downfield. With O'Brien, I think now you stay on schedule. You're not dealing with these long-yarded situations. You're They're manageable, where really the most you have to go on any given play is you need six yards. You know, like uh, you're getting good runs as well. I think Adrian Clem, we got to throw into that conversation because the run game, for as great as Ramondre was, the run game wasn't very good last year. A lot of that had to do with it's the coordination. True. One, they ran Ramondre into the ground, so he couldn't be that Superman yeah. back that he was early in midseason. <laughs> and then the offensive line, if you're not running behind Mike and Wayne, it was a lot of, uh, you know, this doesn't look very good. So I think that being able to stay out of the difficult situations is going to keep the playbook open as opposed to when it's second and 15 and third and 10 and you're just going verticals or, you know, a crossing route with dagger behind it. Like you can't do that against NFL defenses because there's only so many things you can do to win on those downs and in those situations. So I know somebody said in the chat, like the RPOs, the play action especially these things that are building on top of each other where a defense doesn't feel like they're a step ahead. I'm pretty sure there was a defense last season that kind of made, there was a defense coordinator. Maybe it was Leslie Frazier. I don't remember. Do you remember who it was? Some defense coordinator made fun of them. I think was it, no, it wasn't Todd. Was it Todd Bowles? It was, it was, it was, it was with, it was with the Cardinals. Whomever the defensive coordinator was, was with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they were basically making fun of how easy it was to game plan for the Patriots. That's not good. And I see, you know, the lack of separation in these practices. And I think that's where a lot of what you already was saying comes from was, yes, thank you. Yeah. Vance Joseph had kind of a comment. And I think that you're not seeing guys get open necessarily. And I think part of that is you need Taekwon to step up. You'd like to see Demario yeah. Douglas step into a role because he's a very good route runner, even though he's young. But I think O'Brien puts these guys in positions where they're not having to face man coverage every down. And if they do face man coverage, he knows how to solve it. Like in this modern NFL, if you, to a degree, like players have to win, you can only drop so much. They have to execute. But in this offense, in this day and age offensive coordinators need to be able to get their good guys open they need to be able to find ways to get those guys space that's much easier when the defense doesn't know what's coming than it is when it's a very obvious passing situation and everybody on defense is on the exact same page because they know what you're going to do so kind of going on but i think bill o'brien giving you the discipline and the structure to not bite yourselves like asiki said last week not be the team that beat yourselves in winning and letting the other team screw up and just staying on schedule then when you get to the red area, as this offense grows, I think they'll be more comfortable because they have the skill set to win down there. That's what it's all about. And I think that's what O'Brien gives you is a structure, knowing that you're going to be able to execute down to down, and he's going to be able to take on a lot of the burden of getting these guys in position to succeed, which Adrian Phillips also said he's been doing a good job of. Yes, and you know what? I think we hear all the time from Patriots players, you you got to learn how to not, how to not lose before yeah. you learn how to win. And last year, they could not, especially on offense, could not get out of their own way with that. I mean, there were so many losing plays. I mean, literally eight, two straight game losing plays in situations where if they won either one of those games against the Raiders or the Bengals, they would have been in the playoffs. All mm-hmm. that's all like, like literally. And, and I think that that's the part that that is so unfortunate, right, is that we remember the Raiders loss because of just how unbelievable that was. But then the next week, they're 
inside the five yard line with what three timeouts and all you got to do is run it in and you win pretty much. And they couldn't do it. And, and, and Ramondre Stevenson fumbles and then that's it. And it's just, you know, game losing plays that you got to get rid of. And then, and then you, and then that's when you start to figure out how to get to the game winning plays. What's up, Igor. Welcome to the chat. And thank you for, for everybody who's joined in so far for this episode of Patriots daily with Kyrie Thompson and Taylor Kyles of CLNS Media, who is there every single day down there at Gillette Stadium, giving you the goods on what's going down with practice. We heard from Adrian Phillips a little bit earlier, and I want to go back to Adrian Phillips, but we're going to stay on the defensive side of the ball this time because you best believe I've been watching. Okay, I'm over here at WBUR. I'm doing my public media thing and all that while, while practice is going on, but you best believe that I've been watching. So I know that there is a certain third-round rookie who continues to play with the starting unit. And, man, I keep on telling everybody that I think this, this has got some legs. And, and so we are going to hear from Adrian Phillips talking about Marte Mapu, the guy whom everybody was like, Mop who? When you drafted him? And now everybody's like, ooh, I like this guy. Let's get, let's get that, Ahmed. I want, I want to hear about Adrian Phillips on one Marte Mapu. Can you remember a player that you played with who's like 230 pounds, can play from linebacker to free safety? Like that, have you ever played with someone like that before? Ah, I'd have to think. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I don't know if I've had. Like you see a lot of guys that come in that are tweeners that play like linebacker and safety like that, but not really excel at it. Like this guy is freaking smart. And what I love about him is he's going to ask questions and he's going to continue to keep asking questions until he feels like he has it like down packed. He's, he's not going to care if, if, he's, if he's asking 30 questions, getting on your nerves. He's going to make sure he got it right. And I love that about him. And you can tell he's a cerebral player and that he just wants to get it right. And you can tell that he loves the hit too. So it's going to be fun seeing him like actually get out there and make some contact. Man, I don't even I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say because look, we've been we've been talking about it and it's been it's been hyped up for a while now. But this brother seems like he can really play. And just listening to Adrian Phillips talk about it, that that guy was born to be a New England Patriot. Okay, and and, and there's a part of me that's like, <laughs> it, it it's like Breaking Bad. It's like he can't keep getting away with it. You mean to tell me, Bill Belichick? found another one of these dudes just lying around on day two of the draft. And, and now he's going to come in and just bust everything up. Basically, you got another, you got another Kyle Duggar. Did you seriously do that? Seriously. What is this guy looking like right now? So it's been really interesting. It seems like his main role is what he's listed as. He's a linebacker, but he is playing with all three against all three quarterbacks. When he plays against Mac, you see him at linebacker. When he plays against Zappi, a lot of the time you see him in the slot in that big nickel role. We see like Kyle Duggar, Jabril Pepper, sometimes Adrian Phillips, where instead of having Miles Bryant or a Marcus Jones or a Jonathan Jones in there, who's more of a coverage specialist, you try to get more physicality and hitting power with the safety. So you see him there when it's yeah. more Zappi's reps. When it's McSorley, 
you see him more playing on the back end and he's a deep safety. I am new to these practices, obviously, but I've been following them for quite some time. I've never heard of this before. And it's it's interesting because he's got the red jersey on. Like, you don't usually see somebody who's wearing a red jersey get as much run as he does. It's like really just the quarterbacks. And then Marte Mapu on the other side of the ball, constantly yeah. involved. And I think he had a blow up on a play yesterday. But in most of these practices, you're not really hitting. But his intelligence, like Adrian Phillips said, it pops because he's diagnosing things very quickly. And on top of that, he's got a lot of athleticism and range. And then you think for like a safety, he's kind of big and more like Cam Chancellor where you don't really necessarily want him deep. But he's got a better athletic profile than everybody else but Duggar in that safety room. So it's fascinating because they clearly want to put him in a lot of different spots. And I think they love Peppers. Adrian Phillips is, you know, a veteran leader. He's smart. He never makes mistakes. I think they want him on the field as much as possible as well. Yes. But if Marte Mapu starts balling early, and again, he's still a rookie. I don't want to hype him up too, too much because we still need to see what he's like in live reps. But they're trying to give him as many opportunities as possible to show what he can do and just how versatile he is. And you don't see him getting in trouble. You know, he doesn't look out of place. He looks just like anybody else on that field, full of veterans who have experience in the system. So, I mean, he's – I'm really excited to see what he can do, not just when pads come on, but against other teams, seeing what kind of different body types he can cover with some of the uh, dynamic guys he's going to face when they have joint practices with the Packers. The Packers have a ton of really athletic tight ends who are kind of more receivers. So those are going to be some fun tests um, against uh, the Titans. They've got a really interesting group of skill players there as well. So, I mean, he's he's living up to the hype in terms of they're clearly trying to get him involved. We'll see what happens when live rounds start firing, but man, he's, he's going to be a fun player if everything comes together. And I love the description that you gave in terms of the breakdown of the reps, because to me, what immediately comes to mind there is the idea that you probably got the, the Patriots trying to give him safety reps against, you know, the backups. Right. Mm -hmm. And, 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 make it a little bit easier. Obviously they can still throw the football, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But it's less pressure. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you've got him closer to the line of scrimmage when you've got him playing against Mac Jones and kind of the number one offense. And, and I think that's going to be especially interesting to see once the pads are on consistently. And once he gets out of the red non-contact Jersey, because that's going to be the other part of this. And so I think that it is, they, they seem to have been giving him, a, as you said, a lot of run. And, like, I think Marcus Jones got a decent amount of run in, like, OTAs and minicamp before they threw the, the red non-contract jersey off, at least in terms of, like, getting receiver stuff in occasionally. Uh, or rather, rather, return stuff in then occasionally at corner. But, I mean, really, it sounds like they – the Patriots always tell you what it is that they want or what they think about a guy – based on what they do with him. And it certainly seems to me that they really like Marte Mapu because if they wouldn't, they just wouldn't be playing him to, right. to that level. And I mean, I think it, it, it's the same thing as like people talk about quarterback competitions and you know, what have you, right? It's like, well, if you're, if you think there's a quarterback competition, just pay attention to who's playing with the first team offense all the time. It ain't Bailey Zappi. It's Mac Jones. Right. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, if if you're you're wondering about, oh yeah, like I I wonder if they're going to use like certain plays or a certain offensive co- you know, a certain offensive philosophy. Well, what are they doing at practice? Because they're gonna they they tell you exactly what they play. Like last year when when they switched Isaiah Win 
and Trent Brown at tackle. They're wondering, oh, is this just for a day or two? It's like, uh, they're doing it every single day. So that's what that means. Um, and, and I think that that's clearly something I'm seeing with Marte Mapu and with Demario Douglas is that they've clearly made positive impacts on the coaching staff and they're going to get opportunities. One last thing before we get into it, because we've been talking a lot of skill positions. We touched a little bit on the lines, but this is the most interesting part of pads coming on is that now it's not just about seven on sevens anymore. Cause that's what we often kind of focus on is, is, uh, you know, corner quarterbacks and receivers and, and, uh, you know, looking at the DBs and safeties. Cause that's really all, like the most that you get to do that actually matters at all is, mm. you know, when, when the pads aren't on, but now when you get to see the guys in the trenches actually start getting into each other, you start to see the run game start to matter and they do a little bit of live action, which they did yesterday, which they, they do little bits of that. They sprinkle it in every now and then where they actually tackle and they get after it. Yeah. What is going to interest you the most in the trenches as we get going here? To a degree, it's got to be right tackle because I don't like I told you in the last show, I don't really pay attention to what's going on in the trenches right now. Because it's it's not real football in terms of trench work. Like the receivers, yeah, for the most part, a lot of that's going to translate. You know, there's more jams and things at Belichick Center areas of emphasis. But how far has Connor McDermott come since last season? Is he significantly yeah. better? Does he make you feel a little bit more comfortable if he has to play right tackle? Uh, and like I said last show as well, is Riley Reef better once he can actually get his hands on guys? You know, is is there something maybe that we didn't get to see without the pads that we see when they come on? Now, I don't think he's going to be some vastly different player because his age is his age, and we saw what he was last year. But the right tackle spot is going to be the biggest one, and across from that, I would say the edge defenders. Mm. Matt Judon was much more active today than he was yes. any other days, and they've said it's more due to conditioning. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would hold in for a contract, specifically after he was saying, like, I'm out here with my friends. Like, he seems like he's just as a person. He seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders and is like, hey, I'm playing a kid's game. I'm grateful for the situation I'm in. Although, you know, everybody wants to get paid fairly, and he deserves that. Um, but I'd like to see, like, how, is, how much is Keon White getting involved? Is Anthony Jennings maybe taking a step because he's been really active on the edge, but he's really more of a run defender, not so much a pass rusher, although I'm sure Uche is going to be in that role. But, you know, just to see right tackle and how the edge shakes out outside of the obvious guys like Judon and uh, Josh Uche. Absolutely. And I think that I, I'm interested and I saw I feel like I saw a little bit of Christian Barmore busting in there a little bit during yeah. during a live rep yesterday. And, and that's the thing that I think is going to intrigue me a bit is is he really about to make that leap because i feel like we thought it was going to happen last year and he was ragdolling people in in training camp and, and during joint practices and then i feel like you just didn't see as much of that impact when the when the game started coming some of that was due to injury right he just wasn't available he wasn't on the field he was hurt i get that but i think you want to see that potential dominance out of him and hey maybe maybe he's gonna have an influx of dad strength you know now now that he's had his new his new baby boy i want to say it's a baby boy but look man like that's real okay let's go when when you when you you get that dad zenkai boost like i mean come on you gotta be lifting you know better than i would i mean you got you gotta lift lift the kids all the time it's like it's a constant workout man so my shoulders be over here like 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 bust feel like they're gonna bust out or whatever i feel sore all the time but hey it's 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 a constant workout so hey you know maybe he's gonna have that dad energy or maybe he's just gonna be dead tired like most of us are 
Yeah. Also, real guy, quick, I want to get yeah. to Ken's real, real quick. Roddy Perkins, I have not noticed Roddy Perkins. And again, non-padded, hard yeah. for not hard for guys to stand out necessarily, but I don't think it matters that much. But at the same time, yeah, I have not, Ronnie Perkins hasn't exactly stood out, unfortunately. No, I think I think that I I feel like with Ronnie Perkins, you, you heard a lot of good things about him coming out of out of college, but it seems like if, if this ain't the year for him that you, you might see them cut bait with him. I mean, again, he's a, he's a third round pick. It's doable. Okay. You you don't necessarily want to do it after year two, but after year three, third round picks are are a lot more expendable. I, I wouldn't doubt it if they moved on from him then again maybe you keep him around just because you want the depth but then that's also we're going to be where it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Keon White how much does he play inside versus outside same with Dietrich Wise because he can play inside and out though I think they usually tend to think of him being as more of a of an interior guy that can play on the outside so it's going to be really interesting as it always is with the Patriots because you have a lot of maybe not positionless guys, but position like positional versatility. So you can kind of put guys in certain places in order to clear up roster spots and other and other joints, which is like where I'm looking at Ty Montgomery being a wide receiver, even though I'm pretty confident he's going to play both positions, you know, running back and wide receiver. It's going to be very interesting as we start to get closer to preseason action, which happens next week we're still a little bit of ways of that so we're gonna be breaking down practices and taylor kyles is gonna be there every day giving you the action make sure you retweet that man follow him at t kyles 39 and make sure you come and tune in to the patriots daily podcast with mr kyles and myself Kyrie thompson make sure you're liking the screen the stream i should say make sure you're following us on on youtube on twitter all of that because we are going to be with you every step of the way peace out patriots fans